Hey guys, what's up? Coming back at you. This is Dave. This is John. This is Anthony. And we're still talking about the series having to do with adolescent health and wellness in this information age of ours. everybody listening out there, there is now a generation that is younger than the millennials, right? Like I'm a millennial. Now people younger than me, um, they're referred to as generation Z or post millennials. These are the the kids that never knew anything other than, um, smartphones and tablets and things of that like. So Anthony, you had said how, um, this generation Z, these kids, these teenagers, spend up to nine hours a day using media for their enjoyment. When you say media, what do you mean by that, though? So media encompasses TV, videos, movies, playing video games, uh, even uh, listening to music, and and in addition to that, checking social media. However, within the framework of all of those media outlets that we're discussing, they're, they're accessing all of them via their device. Right. And the device is enabling them to multitask, but is that multitasking in its truest form and is it a healthy form of multitasking? Right, right, exactly. Right? Because again, I could be watching television, but then at the same time, I'm checking every notification that I'm receiving via all of the social media outlets that I have accounts on. And it's funny because how much are you retaining of both, right? Like, right. You're, you're, it's almost like that, that glossed over look that you see with your kids when you're ingesting that much, it is so overstimulating. And I've been a victim of it like time and time again, to the point where your brain is just oversaturated with really superfluous stuff. Most of which, uh, is not very consequential to the betterment and furthering of your mind. Every, every, everything has changed. If you ask our kids, what's an encyclopedia? You'd be like, what you mean wikipedia no seriously when we were when we were kids not you when we were kids yes. if you wanted to find out information at home you were lucky to have a, a britannica yes. an encyclopedia that would have a to z from different topics like if you wanted to know about ghana well where's that you look it up in g <laughs> you look it up under g and you open up the g book and then you're like giraffes ghana you know it's like the modern day when you start typing and but, John, you know what? That taught us to be resourceful. Oh, my right? goodness. It would be just like going into a library back when we were young and having mm-hmm. to actually thumb through the card catalog mm-hmm. in order to find a book. And I have a question, too. Like, not only did it help you in being resourceful, but also didn't it help your retention level? Like, having to go through all of those efforts and having to just... Well, it was thorough. Now it's this, right? Right. Oh, I can't get it to do it. Interesting question. Right, exactly. Thanks, Harry. Horrible, a horrible device. Um, No, that's the thing. Because of the fact that information is so easily accessible now, and again, Anthony and I talked about this last time, you don't retain it because you could just always look it up again, Mm -hmm. right? It's always there. And when it's omnipresent, it's not something that you put a lot of importance in. No, we we did book book reports on the regular. Yeah. And you you retain that stuff. Ask me anything about Edgar Allan Poe. So, Anthony, what's the difference between these Generation Z teens and then these preteens or these tweens, as some people call them, that like eight to twelve year old range. What is their consumption habits like? So with with Z, we talk specifically about that seven to nine hour window that they're spending on their device. Whereas our, our tweens, which which are very early in the maturation process, because we're talking about that window of of eight years old to twelve years of age, are spending up to six hours 
on their devices. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and the consumption of 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 media on average that they're being exposed to on a daily basis can be very unhealthy for them. Oh, there's no doubt. Everything that we've talked about so far, like just not retaining information, the glazed look, the you know, there, there's so many. Drives me a little nuts. And what we're exposing the unadulterated, impressionable mind to, we have to be very careful in in, in how we're allowing them to navigate on their own. And again, we want our children to have some sense of independence, but not so much so that it's being consumed in that in that digital world. I do want to touch upon that for a second, because a lot of this sort of talk and it's not just in this episode and it's not just in the sound booth. You hear it all the time. And conversation around technology and the development of it and how quickly we are progressing, it can sound so fatalistic and, and it can be so negative because in a lot of the times it is. But at the same time, um, if it's used properly, which is the essence of human nature, which, you know, um, funnily enough, is the essence of technology because technology mirrors human nature. If you use it for the right purposes um, and if you become literate in it in the right ways, it can be a real resource for good. But the concern with those tweens, those preteens, that eight to 12 range is, you know, you try to get kids to learn a language at a younger level because their brains are more impressionable and mm-hmm. you, and they're more developmental and they can take quick, learn things more quickly. In the same way, if you regulate it properly, they can do that with technology too in a way that betters their abilities moving forward. But if you give them free reign, then all of a sudden you're just allowing them to play with a beast that you aren't even fully familiar with. And we're talking about a demographic in society that lacks impulse control, right? So if they have the device and they haven't been taught how to use it appropriately and correctly, and they're making mistakes when using that device, who are, who's to blame? Right. We have to shoulder that blame as the adults. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're just acting the age that they are, right? hundred percent. It's like you, you know, if there's not a law in place and somebody does something really bad, but it's not technically against the law, you're not going to blame that person for doing something bad. You're going to blame the people that never, you know, that were calling the shots and never made the law. Well, as parents and as adults around, you know, children, whether you're an educator or whoever else, an uncle, an aunt, whatever. But we also have to set the tone, too. If you're sitting there on your phone all day long while you're at the dinner table or you have it on the dinner table or you're. You're in a in you know in the family room and you're on your phone, but you're not setting a good example for the kids either. I mean, so we as adults need to realize that we need to limit our time too, right? We're yes. supposed to hang it up at a certain time. Yeah, just turn it off. I mean, we're not we're not getting good sleep anymore because of it because we're waiting until the very the last thing we do. Sometimes I'm totally guilty of it. I'm reading something online. Reading something until or you I go, fall asleep, or you and go then, down the Twitter. Then it's hole. my alarm clock. Right? Exactly. I pick it up first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I think I've told you both anecdotally this at some point, but I'm 24 years old. Right. So like I'm used to having all of my counterparts, especially when we go out to eat, just constantly on their phones. But mm-hmm. I've done this thing now with my friends where I institute this one strike policy. And it's like if you pick you up do this. Yes. Like I swear to God. So like if you pick up your phone while you're eating with me. Um, unless it is something that had to have to do with your business or a family member's calling you or something that actually does require, like if you pick up your phone to check social media or to do something in the middle of our dinner, I'll allow you to do it once. And if you do it again, I'll just ask for my check early and probably bounce out because really there's no point in me sitting there. 
Right. Um, and I've actually reverted back to this traditional mindset in a couple of different ways. Like I don't read on a tablet anymore. I read only physical books. Mm -hmm. Like I am trying to reintegrate that because there's a reason why it's worked so well for the people that came before me too. It's because it's just a lot of it allows you to go back to the things that make you inherently human, you know? Mm -hmm. And to, to further echo what you just cited, if I'm sitting across from you and we're having dinner and I'm trying to convince you that you have my undivided attention, then how can I be, it goes back to that word multitasking, but multitasking not in a good way, but usually when a person will resort to looking at their phone when they're sitting across the table from you and trying to convince you that you still have their undivided attention is they'll say, oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening to you. Right. I've gotten in trouble with my wife for that so many times. I, I As you should. No, and I, yeah, I should, but it was one of those habitual things. I didn't even realize I was doing sometime. You know, I would have it there in front of me and I would just like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thumbing through and she's, Jonathan, mm -hmm. put the phone down. I am sorry. So now, if she starts a conversation, if I'm on my laptop or whatever, I close it, put the phone down so that she has, there's basic human interaction things that we can do better. You know who's the queen of that? Um, and I'll give you a shout out, mom, because she, my mother is a, a beautiful, powerful, strong, independent woman. She works so much and she does it to provide for her kids. So I'm not attacking her in this way, but she was the queen of always being on her laptop and just being like, yeah, I'm listening. And then I'll like talk to her for like 45 seconds and she'll be like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she'll pick her head up and be like, wait, what? And I'd have to like, I'd rinse and repeat, right? So it goes back to what you were saying, that example you want to set, you know? I grew up with that. Mm -hmm. um, granted, she didn't have a lot of other resources that other people might have been able to have, but she still did it nonetheless. And, you know, you look years later and I now like my job is digital. Right. So. Ironically. No, I like your rule, though. I think that that's a good thing to implement. I mean, we need to start changing it. And when just we, socially, just be a normal human. And I totally agree. And when we look at some of the problems that our educational institutions are being confronted with, um, many of them are having to get into a power struggle with our young people when they're, the young person is told that they need to hand over their phone, uh, you know, for whatever the reason may have been, because we, we're, we're creating these monsters, right, where we're providing these devices with no rules or regulations in place, and then the level of disrespect that's exhibited to any adult, mm -hmm. right? They have this, this sense of entitlement, this sense of ownership. No, you're not going to take my phone. This is my phone. It becomes part of their person. Like, I'm not taking yeah, it becomes, your person. It becomes like an appendage of their body. Right. Yeah, the, totally. Their third head. 100%. Um, that's a lot of information. It is absolutely crazy. Okay, thanks for that, Anthony. I really appreciate that. And that is it from us. Keep on listening to the series, and we'll cover a bunch of different episodes as we go along. Thanks, guys.